0: A pumpkin,
1: i was a pumpkin, a big orange pumpkin.
0: A big orange pumpkin. And when you were there, a lot of children out there,
1: not so much.
0: No, did you get a lot of candy?
1: Yeah, I got a lot of candy. Mummy's eating all the chocolate bars.
0: Well, tell mommy that's your candy, honey. Okay, tell her, that This is the X-Zone Radio TV Show with Rob McConnell on the X-Zone Broadcast Network and our worldwide family of broadcast affiliates. If you have a question for Rob McConnell or his guest, or if you've had a paranormal experience, call toll-free 1-800-610-7035 extension 0 or email xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On all social media sites, our one address is... X-Zone Radio
1: TV.
2: monster from his slab began to rise,
3: and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mash. he
2: did the monster mash, the
1: monster mash,
2: it was a graveyard smash, he
1: did the mash,
2: it caught on in a flash, he did
0: the mash, he did the monster
1: mash, for wow. my love notari,
0: And welcome back to The X-Zone, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call The X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And The X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and, of course, the Exxon Broadcast Network and our family of broadcast affiliates right around this little blue planet of ours. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And for the broadcast schedule of the Exxon Broadcast Network and our, and our many great paranormal parapsychology shows, visit www.xzbn.net. Well, as you all know, this is Halloween month here in the X-Zone, and Halloween is a very special time of year. And what we're doing is we're bringing people from all over Canada and the United States and the United Kingdom here on the show to talk about ghost hauntings and things that go bump in the night. And joining me this hour is Dan Terry, and he is a 34-year police veteran, a retired police chief, and has been writing ghost haunting stories for the past 15 years. He participates in and leads ghost hunts and ghost tours, not only in his native Missouri, but in haunted places throughout the Midwest. Joining me now is Dan Terry. And Dan, welcome to the X-Zone. And thank you very much for your service to your community and your country as a police officer.
3: Uh, Thanks very much. It's an honor to do it.
0: Tell us a little bit more about yourself, Dan, and what was it that made a police chief retired police chief uh interested in the paranormal
3: well i started ghost hunting back in the 70s actually i started out uh right after watching Shack the night stalker back mm. in the mid 70s you remember that show right I, sh- I sure do Oh, that show was awesome so i started ghost hunting then uh when i got my driver's license i kept kept it up uh-huh about 1982, I decided to join the military and found out if I talk about hearing dead people in empty rooms, they're not going to promote me at all. So I had to quit ghost hunting for that and the beginning of my police career until ghost hunters come on television and brought it all into the mainstream. And then I'm back at it.
0: You're back at it and the rest is history. Uh, how many books have you written, Dan?
3: Oh, about six, I suppose now.
0: My goodness. And tell me, as a police officer, did you come across any paranormal activity?
3: All the time. <laughs> uh, not so much within the job, although mm-hmm. it had been known to happen. I do believe the one of the first ones, a lady called us in because her walls were bleeding. Her walls were bleeding. Yes, yes. Uh, of course, finding the melted crayon and the skillet on the so kind of tipped me off. Yeah, and then she started talking about the men in black trying to kidnap her children. Yeah, we figured out that was a false lead.
0: My gosh! Um, but besides the the false lead with this lady, uh, during your patrol years, during your investigative years, was there any was there any paranormal activity that actually went on the books at, uh, during a police report, receiving an incident number?
3: No, I'm afraid it didn't. Uh, we Once I was back into this, mm-hmm. after all oh, about 98, uh, we did start seeing shadow people. And uh, I can tell you this one. Uh, I went to a graveyard that was very haunted, shadow people. Right. And the local ambulance districts, four of their people went up there because it was really close. And uh, they got scared out of the place. They told me it wasn't real till they got back, and they actually saw somebody in their car, and when they got back to the car, the inside of the windows were fogged up. Hmm. So we got that. I've also investigated a couple of prisons, a Gasconet County Jail. We, we're still the only ghost investigators to do Gascogne County Jail, and uh, I've recently done the Herman, Missouri, police station.
0: Now, you were talking about shadow people. What's the difference between a shadow a person, singular, compared to a ghost?
3: I'm not exactly sure whether it is a ghost that has not learned how to form completely. Mm. I do believe there is a subset of the shadow phenomena in which they are watchers. And these are the ones that seem to flee as soon as they find out they've been seen. And they, I compare their movement to the tongue of a snake. It's out and back in before you even realize what you saw. They move so fast. But uh, I also believe I've encountered at least one evil spirit that pretended to be a shadow. And he actually challenged me. And uh, other than that, I'm just not exactly sure what they all are.
0: Now, when you see sh- shadow people, uh, are these the... F- the images that people see through the, you know, in the corner of their eyes, or are these dead on head on, uh, um, visual sightings?
3: I've seen them head on crossing the street, running from grave to gravestone
1: Hmm.
3: tree to tree. Uh, I actually got one caught between me and another investigator on a stairway in a place called the Harney mansion, uh, general Harney's old mansion. And uh, he actually did it. It got up on the Mm -hmm. stairway. I was upstairs. Tim was downstairs, and it was stuck there until it went through a hole in the wall.
0: Where do these shadow figures come from?
3: I wish I knew. They they show up, and they leave. Like I said, to me, most of them seem to be watchers. And as soon as they know they've been seen, they'll take off. There's a a Lemp Brewery. Maybe you've heard of the Lemp Mansion up in St. Louis. And uh, that's an old beer baron. Right. His mansion and his brewery. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. just in the last year, about three times, I've been chasing shadow people through their basement. I have noticed the basement of the brewery, I should say. And I have noticed that when, if I can pin them into a corner, Mm -hmm. they're kind of stuck there. And we can actually see them. But if there is a hole of any size, going to another room or outside or what, they can disappear on you, just zip through it. But if I can get them in a corner where there's nothing, then they have to go past us to get out. So there is there's more to them than ghosts. I just ain't figured it out yet. So
0: in, in your in your opinion, uh, Dan, are these shadow people? Spirits of people who walk this earth, or are they from another plane, are they from another dimension, or is it a little bit of everything?
3: Well, like I said, I think some are actually demonic spirits that mm-hmm. are pretending to be shadow people. Right. I think there may be some that are ghosts. And I kind of I kind of lean on the ghost theory, because at the beginning of this the phenomenon, mm-hmm. most of them were wearing hats. Hats. They used to be called hats the hat man or hat people because they all had hats on. And I know that prior to 1960, about 1960, when president Kennedy was elected, Mm -hmm. all men wore hats. Yes. That was just expected. It was president Kennedy that started the hatless thing that we continue to. So that makes me believe that a lot of these may be ghosts of people who have been dead for quite some time, at least since, the sixties, or, you know, at least they were alive prior to that when everyone wore hats.
0: So do they just stay around and roam the earth and till the end of time, or do they go to the other side or what happens to them? Yeah.
3: I think the watchers do that. I think they do just go from place to place because I've seen them in so many different places. But uh, other than that, again, I just I don't know. I don't mm. have enough information. I don't believe the majority of them is evil. Most of them flee as soon as they know they've been seen. But I, I just don't know what they are. Now, I did deal with one over at the Tri-County Truck Stop, which is probably it's been on a lot of the TV shows. Mm-hmm. And that one actually started pacing the wall back and forth. And when I challenged it, it uh, reacted. It reacted. And then stuck around for about another ten minutes. There was about twelve people in the room watched it.
0: My gosh! Now when and you... I'm
3: still kind of thinking that was an evil spirit. When you when you,
0: when you say you challenged it, how do you challenge a, a shadow person, or how do you sh- challenge a spirit?
3: Well, in this case, he was up against one particular wall, mm-hmm. and there was no windows that could be making that shadow. You know, there couldn't be anybody outside because it would have required the light to make a right angle turn. But there was just one window at the far end. And I thought, well, if it's any window, it's got to be this one. So I went up to it and Mm -hmm. one of the guys behind me said, well, I see your shadow and I see its shadow. So still believing there had to be someone out on that balcony. I stepped in front of the window and I said, now what are you going to do? Well, 12 people all went (gasps) at the same time. And I thought, (laughs) sure, I was about to get eaten. And then one of them said, Dan, it's above you. And they told me when I said that, that shadow lifted up off the floor and got above me. So when I challenged it and said, what are you going to do now? Mm -hmm. It, um, It reacted.
0: Why is it, Dan, in your opinion, that some people have this ability to see spirits or see shadow people and other people... They go throughout their lives without having any encounter with the paranormal.
3: I suspect for the same reason that children see more than adults do. They've just determined in their minds it Mm -hmm. don't exist, and they're not going to see it. But myself, it's practice. It really is. And people who have ghost hunted with me Mm -hmm. for weeks will suddenly start seeing them everywhere, just as I I do, Uh, crossing the street in front of you, you know, in a Walmart just flickering past. We all start seeing it more the more we do this.
0: The fact that you are a trained police officer, a a chief of police, you are trained to be very observant. Do you think that your police training and the, you know, the fact that you were a police chief and that, you know, you had to have these keen senses— do you think that this may have anything to do with your ability to interact with the paranormal?
3: I think it has a lot to do with my ability to see them, mm-hmm. just like I said about the shadow people. Yeah, And it's in a, an old undertaker's building in uh, Tombstone, right. New Mexico. All
0: right, I'm going to have and, to do a little bit of a cliffhanger here, my friend, because we've just run into our first break. Thanks cool. so much for joining us. Great talking to you. Looking forward to hearing more about Missouri, as well as your... Your adventures in the paranormal. Exonation. my guest this hour, is Dan Terry, and his website is spookstalker.com. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Whatever you do, don't go away. And remember, this is Halloween month here in The Exon. Check out our schedule at www.xzbn.net. We'll be back. Don't go away.
3: From the international news desk of the Zone Broadcast Network in London, England, here is today's Bits and Pieces.
2: Welcome to Bits and Pieces from the Realm I'm McConnell Media Company studios and offices in the United Kingdom. I am Karen McPhee. Today is Wednesday, October 21st, 2020. Today is Back to the Future Day, Apple Day. Babbling Day Breast Reconstruction Awareness Day Celebration of the Mind Day Check Your Meds Day Count Your Buttons Day Bean Day Global Dignity Day Global Iodine Deficiency Disorders Prevention Day Today is also Hagfish Day. Hagfish are typically about 50 cm in length. The largest known species is Eptatretus goliath with a specimen recorded at 127 cm, while mixing Koi and mixing piquinoy seem to reach no more than 18 cm. Some have been seen as small as 4 cm. Today is also International Day of the Nacho Love Your Body Day Medical Assistance Recognition Day National Pets for Veterans Day National Pumpkin Cheesecake Day National Support Your Local Chamber of Commerce Day Reptile Awareness Day And finally, Unity Day And here is a fun fact that will make you think Fun fact About 72% of Americans live within an hour of their parents My quote for today is, some people are like clouds, when they go away, the day gets brighter And here (laughs) are today's bits and pieces Could a blindfold be the key to weight loss? Researchers in Israel say your ability to keep the pounds off doesn't just come down to your willpower. A study of the brain finds what a person can see and smell plays a major role in overeating. The study theorizes that people who have higher neural responses to seeing and smelling foods are more likely to gain weight by overeating. And a new study finds that kids would rather spend time with a pet than with a sibling. The study also found girls tended to harbor stronger feelings of companionship with their pets than male participants in the study, but conversely more conflict as well. Girls also disclosed more personal information to their pets than boys did. And our last bit is that research shows that eating cinnamon cools your body by up to two degrees and maintains the integrity of the stomach wall. According to a study, the brain's biological clock stimulates thirst in the hours before bedtime to prevent dehydration during sleep. And now from the world of entertainment, David James Redford, the son of Oscar-winning actor and filmmaker Robert Redford, has died of bile duct cancer of the liver. He was 58. Born May 5, 1962, Redford, who went by his middle name, was a documentary filmmaker whose projects mainly focused on the environment and health. Family members said he died on Friday at his home in Northern California. And for those who like taking naps during the day. Sleep has long been big business, but now companies are coming for your naps too. New establishments like Nap It Up in Toronto or Houston's Nap Bar are banking that people will pay small fees for a clean, safe place to take a timed snooze. The virus has forced some to close temporarily or pivot to virtual events apps or sleep boxes that you can order by mail to improve your napping at home experience. And finally, Amsterdam uses flower power to make streets safer. The Dutch city of Amsterdam is famed for being a cycle-friendly city, but now authorities are harnessing flower power to make the city safer for pedestrians. Officials are placing wooden plant and flower boxes along the railings of the city's iconic bridges, stopping bicycle parking on the bridges in the Straches district a spokesperson for the city told CNN. The technique, which has already been used in other areas of Amsterdam, such as Haarlem-Mastra, is designed to allow more space for pedestrians on the sidewalk. Cycling is popular in the Dutch capital, both among locals and tourists. More than half 58% of Amsterdam's residents over the age of 12 cycle at least once a day, and the city is home to some 767 kilometers of cycle paths and bike lanes, according to the city's tourism board. There are some 881,000 bikes in the city, which has up to 225,000 bicycle racks and 10,000 bike parking spots near the central train station. For more information on Realmar McConnell Media Company, visit our website at www.rel-mar.com, and, for all the programming on XZBN, visit www.xzbn.net. So, until next we meet, for Mar McConnell Media Company, The X Chronicles newspaper, The X Zone Broadcast Network, and The X Zone TV channel, I am Karen McPhee.
0: White
1: ghost travels there Some say that
0: it's a color Welcome back, everyone. Dan Terry is my special guest, and uh, Dan's website is spookstalker.com. Dan is in Missouri, but uh, his he has gone many several places throughout the United States doing investigations, and uh, he's also a an established author. For more information on Dan, visit his website spookstalker.com. Dan, how how haunted is Missouri?
3: Very. Well, it it's incredible the things I've run into in the most unlikely places. Uh, there, The original Bush Brewery is in a small town near here,
1: mm-hmm. and
3: mm-hmm. Uh, it's not only haunted by the former owners and employees, but a Lady in a wedding gown who was there, I think, for her daughter's or granddaughter's wedding. Uh, The Lent Brewery, the Lent Mansion, up in St. Louis. There's uh, God, just all kinds of places. The whole city of Cape Girardeau. I just wrote a book about one small town called Washington, Missouri, that's just full of ghosts.
0: Where has been the one place that you have gone? that has had more paranormal activity than any other place?
3: I'd have to give that to the fabulous Fox Theater in St. Louis. Tell us about it. A few years ago, a little group, uh, and and I I do not have a ghost hunting team. Mm -hmm. I work with other teams. This team called St. Louis Paranormal Research Society called me up, invited me to ghost hunt with them at the Fox Theater. And that theater is very, very old, of course, beautiful, very ornate. And uh, I got in, they gathered around in a circle, and the nice lady said, uh, oh, we've got um, ghosts in the projection room, Mm -hmm. ghosts on the stage, dressing room. Oh, there's one downstairs, but we can't take you there. That's the mean one. Well, that's the first place I had to go. Of course. (laughs) And uh, one of their people turned out to be a bigwig with uh, Fox Corporation, Mm -hmm. Fox Theater Corporation. Uh, He went with me, didn't believe in ghosts, was going to prove this was all false, ran into a spirit down there who was one of the strongest I've ever dealt with. And uh, he said, and again, asking yes and no questions with K2 meters and dowsing rods, Mm That he had murdered a child and a woman and was afraid of judgment and was not going to leave. But he wanted to confess to me. So I worked with it for a couple hours, and then uh, the ghost, we, we gave him the name of Sam. And I said, Sam, I'm going to leave. I got up, and every electronical device in the room started making this incredibly loud, horrendous noise. And we got it all on tape. I finally had to sit down. And as soon as I sat down, the noise stopped. So I listened to him, talked to him a while longer. And after another hour or two, I said, well, Sam, I'm going to go ghost hunt some more of this theater. I got up and we all heard the word wait. And I've not only heard it, but I got it recorded also.
0: Now, isn't it strange that you're able to hear the, uh, you know, the the voice of a spirit? Isn't that very rare?
3: Yes, it is. Uh, in fact, this time it did come over a Frank's box. But I have had one occasion in which I actually heard the voice in a room that had nothing like that. I was in a place called the Wine Valley Inn in Herman, Missouri, mm-hmm. and uh, I asked the ghost once I figured out it was a former owner if he was waiting for his wife who lived in the upstairs apartments if he was waiting for her to die and we heard a very hoarse voice say no and it was like he was straining it out it was like it was a force so we'd all hear it but it was still real gruff like uh, like he had a pneumonia or something
0: now now you mentioned a frank box what's a frank box
3: frank's box is a device that goes through the radio stations without stopping on one so the ghost can make it stop where it wants it to Mm -hmm. and say words. The first time I ever used one was at Morse mill, which was where the serial killer Bertha Gifford was. And it named the three people in that room twice myself and two others. It named us by name. And that's when I started becoming a believer in them. And uh, we use them now and again, uh, Mm -hmm. mostly I don't, but the company or the group I was working with does. So, would the so fr- we
0: I, say I, it? I'm, I'm sorry, Chief. Would the uh, Frank box be like the old uh, multi band scanners that, that we used to use way back when? Yes. Yes. Gotcha.
3: But just like an AM radio where it's got an automatic finding the yep. station, only it doesn't stop. So, the ghost makes it hit the words it wants it to. And that time was pretty amazing when it said Stephen, Dan, and I don't remember the third name. Uh, It was Stephen's son. And it named him twice. So that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I would imagine so. Now, when you go out on investigations with other uh, teams... How long do these investigations take, and are they residential investigations, or are they historical site investigations, or are these residential investigations, or all of them?
3: All of them. We've done them all. Uh, Kansas Paranormal Research Society and I, uh, a gal named Brenda, awesome investigator, mm-hmm. called me down to a battlefield, and we spent two nights on that battlefield. And uh, at one point... We could hear the soldiers. What it was is the Union Army chased the Confederate Army through Missouri into Kansas and then into Arkansas. And where we was at was Mm -hmm. where a creek was flooded, so a group of the Confederates engaged while the rest got away. So there was a battle there. And we could hear the Confederates walking with us and around us. And when we wasn't leaving fast enough, Every bird and owl in the place went insane until we crossed a bridge. When the last person got their foot off that bridge, it was total silence.
0: Unreal. A- totally unreal. How do, how, do you, how do we explain this, Chief? You know, how do we even try? Where does reality start, and where does it end when it comes to investigating the paranormal? Like, you know, you're a seasoned cop. I was a cop. You know, when we investigate crimes... We have tangible physical evidence that we're going after. But when it comes to the
3: paranormal, what do we do? How do we do it? I got recordings. I've got my own observations. Mm -hmm. I've got observations of people. Like most, as you know, most crimes, we used to depend on people's observations because we didn't have cameras everywhere. Right. So it's basically the same in that way. Your observations, plus we've got recordings of the voices, recordings of the machinery saying these things. Mm -hmm. Still level for doubt, but it's the best we can do.
0: All right, sir, please stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. And next donation, my guest this hour, is uh, Dan Terry. He is a 34-year police veteran, retired police chief, and has been writing ghost haunting stories for the past 15 years. He participates in and leads ghost uh, hunts and ghost tours not only in his native missouri but in haunted places throughout the midwest for more information about dan and uh, his books and what the gentleman is up to visit his website at www.spookstalker.com that's www.spookstalker.com and uh We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. This is Halloween month, everybody. So from us here in the X-Zone to each and every one of you out there, Happy Halloween.
1: It's the, white, it's the color of its hair Just like the dinosaurs He should have died off long ago But a will to survive has kept him alive in Alaska's frozen snows
0: Tales around the campfire Handed down from father to son Till up it goes
3: to Windy Mountain And all the things he's done
1: He's a guardian of
0: The X Zone. It's the right time of the night, any time of night, to listen to the X Zone. We're on air seven. Uh, well, we're on air live so five nights a week from ten until seven. I'm sorry, from ten until two, and then throughout the weekend on various stations and affiliates around the world. If you'd like to uh, find out the broadcast schedule and how you can listen to the X Zone, go to www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour is Dan Terry, and he is at spookstalker.com. Dan, has there ever come a time when when the paranormal has, has kind of got the back on your hair, uh, the hair on the back of your neck standing, and those goosebumps all over you, and you get that feeling like, uh-oh?
3: Not since to- The shadow stood up to me that time. Uh, But I do feel the hair on the back of my neck raise. That's Mm -hmm. when I know there's something near.
0: How do you tell the difference between a a good spirit and an evil spirit?
3: So far, I've only dealt with a couple. And I am guessing on the one in uh, Tri-County Truck Stop was evil just because he was the only one who stood up to me in that way. Usually I find what I call Casper. Okay. Most ghosts are wanting to talk. The ones at the Fox Theater are amazing for wanting attention. Mm -hmm. And I will pass out a set of dowsing rods to the tours. We're we're actually doing some tours through there now. And uh, I'll pass out dowsing rods and people get to talk to the ghosts. And the ghosts, they don't disappoint. A lot of them just want attention. I guess eternity gets pretty dull for them.
0: But why don't they go to the other side? Why do they stick around?
3: That is as many reasons as there are people. Uh, Like I said, Sam is afraid of judgment. I've Mm -hmm. run into several who's afraid of judgment. I worked a residence case about two years ago, and they were seeing the shadow of the ghost, and it was walking slowly. It wasn't darting, Mm -hmm. and things were being moved. I went in, and as I talked to the spirit, I noticed a hole in the closet door. And they said, oh, yeah, the guy who lived here before you committed suicide. So I asked him if he committed suicide. He said, yes. I asked him uh, if he was afraid to cross over. He said, yes. And then I asked him, are you Catholic? Because, you know, Catholics used to believe that suicide was unforgivable. That's right. As soon as I asked that, every meter went off, the rods crossed. Uh, Yeah, that was his thing. He was scared to death to cross over for suicide. I've done some homes where the people are just in their home and they don't want to leave. Hmm. They're happy there. That's as, as good as they want. And then, of course, there's always the ones who just don't know they're dead and can't figure out why I'm in their living room.
0: Now, because these people or these spirits are afraid of judgment, does this reinforce the fact that you know that what we've been taught through christianity or catholicism or any other religious uh, philosophy is real it's true is this a validation
3: it does, it does for me and what i kind of want to say is it's real to them mm-hmm. they're afraid to cross over because they believe it now rob i don't know how old you are i'm uh, getting uh, pretty close to 60 mm-hmm. and when I was a kid, the hellfire and brimstone Baptist preachers would be up there convincing us, ain't none of us worth going to heaven. Yep. And I suspect these people still remember that. And it's, it's that training they got that makes them afraid to cross over.
0: But isn't there something that can be done to help these people cross over, to get them out of a, of a uh, damnation here on this planet and on this plane?
3: Some people are willing to be talked to, and uh, I have dealt with spirits that I've managed to talk them at least into not making noise and not causing trouble. Uh, But I don't know if they crossed over. They just stopped. Then there's some that just aren't going to go. You know, they're going to hell, they think. So they're not going.
0: And if they confess it, they'll probably possess it.
3: It's good,
0: uh, yeah, um a lot of the people that we've had the pleasure of having on the sh- on the show talking about their experiences as paranormal investigators, ghost hunters, they all talk about you know um penitentiaries, jails, mm-hmm. hospitals, where there's a lot of sorrow, a lot of sadness how do Is it because of the negativity that they experience while they're in these places that there is kind of an imprint put on the electromagnetic field that surrounds the planet that keeps them there?
3: I think so, yeah. I think that is just where their mind is focused on. Mm -hmm. And I do believe a lot of the spirits, the ones I deal with in homes, actually see the home as it was when they were there which it kind of explains why sometimes they're gone from the knees down or the ankles down because the floor's been moved since then or the the street's been adjusted since then. So, yeah, I think that's part of it, and it does imprint. Mm -hmm. And then, then again, a lot of it's just this is where they want to be. This is home for them.
0: So am I to understand that they are living in the past, that they have that when they die is how they see the circumstances surrounding them, like I think
1: so.
3: Really, eh? they, I think they see it as they remember it because that's what's in their mind. And our, the reason I got to that was mm-hmm. people who keep seeing uh, folks who passed over, but they would see them twenty to forty years younger than when they died. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of myself, the image I have in my head, I still had a full head of hair and was about 40 pounds lighter.
0: Oh, hell, I hear
3: you there. And I'm wondering if these people are are projecting their image hmm. as they was happiest and remember it, rather than the way they died as right. elderly right. people who were bald and mm-hmm. fat, like me. Like us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, too many years of sitting in the seat in the squad car and eating donuts.
0: You know what? I fully understand what you mean. Believe me.
3: (laughs) We eat junk food. I've never was big on the donuts, but we ate so much junk food. You know, you
0: had to eat fast because you didn't know when your call was going to come in.
3: So you woofed it down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Something you can eat right in the car.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I was just going to get to something here. Uh, let me go through my, my train of thought. If we're seeing the remnants of those who are left behind, and we take into account the age of the Earth, how come we're not seeing a lot more spirits than we are?
3: My only guess on that is they're just not interested in showing up, because we've I've done uh, cowboy towns,
1: mm-hmm.
3: I did a pre-civil war mansion that right. well not a mansion but a very nice house that was moved into a abilene a old town abilene in abilene kansas woman ghost there she threw everybody out she'd make uh, orbs fly over their heads slam doors i got there and i talked to her with a southern accent and told her i was with the confederacy mm-hmm. and suddenly she would talk to me she, you know, moved the rod, set off the K2 meter. Two police officers from Abilene showed up. So I went downstairs, showed them how to use the rods and said, mm-hmm. go ahead, help yourself, knock yourself out. About 10 minutes later, they come back scared and said, she wants to talk to you. Because <laughs> they asked her if she wanted to talk to the man downstairs who had given the rods and the rod said yes. So they got scared and came on down.
0: Wow. Have you ever seen the apparition or spirit of an animal?
3: I have not. Now, I have seen some shadow creatures mm-hmm. that were not human-shaped, uh, especially at a little place called Enoch's Knob Bridge, near, very close to where I'm living, in fact. And uh, I'd see these shadows that look like spiders just dart up the up the girders and across and down. And there had been a lot of tragedy on that bridge. I'm assuming they were shadow creatures, but I have no idea.
0: Why do you think there's so much interest in the paranormal these days? Here we are, 21st century, high tech, uh, you know, and and all the luxuries that we have, and yet people are still interested in the age-old question, questions about the paranormal.
3: Don't you think that's just because we're all going to die, and it's nice to at least think there's something on the other side? Christianity is going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people who claim to be a member of a particular church are very low compared to the past. Yeah, This is the way to get an answer. And it's what I've said. I have more faith that there's a life after death than a lot of Christians, because I've seen it. It pushed me. It bit me once. and tried to shove me downstairs once.
0: Now, why would it want to do that to you?
3: I was at the Waverly Hills Sanitarium In Kentucky.
0: Yeah.
3: And I guess it just didn't want me there anymore. Do these
0: spirits follow you guys around?
3: I've had them follow me home, yes. So, unfortunately, there's one that was in the house when I got here who kind of is jealous of his territory. And uh, one night, right after I come back from uh, the Writers Inn in Mm -hmm. Ohio, Painesville, Ohio, my wife saw a cowboy in a duster. And then she started seeing him here. And then one night her and I are sitting in the living room. We're the only ones in the house. And there was a fight going on upstairs. It sounded like a, well, I assumed a couple of raccoons got in through one of the upstairs windows and got into a fight. I went upstairs to get the dead body of the one who lost and uh, everything was fine, but we never saw the cowboy again. I think ours throws them out when they get here. So
0: how do you protect yourself and your team or the team that you're out with? You know, and, have, you know, because but, you, like you were saying, you know, this one followed you home. But what happens if something else follows you home or follows another team member home?
3: So far, the only thing, I mean, the thing that has always worked, and I didn't do it this time because mm-hmm. it was, I didn't realize that it was happening. Right is when I get out to the car, I just, in a very tough, strong voice, as the man of the house, tell them they're not welcome to come with me. They have to stay. I tell other people the same thing, and they've all said it works. So it's just a matter of, again, the ghosts need us for energy. We don't need them. So I I wonder if they aren't, Mm. at least in some way, forced to stay away if we tell them to.
0: Here's a thought, and we've got to go to our final break. Why don't the ghosts hang around electrical plants, hydro facilities, if they need energy? Why do they have to suck the energy out of a human?
3: Well, we've offered them other other stuff, and I think they've used it. But why they're not at a power plant, that's a good idea. I never thought about it, Mm. and I've even done security at power plants. So I really don't know.
0: You and I have to take our final break uh, for this hour, uh, Dan. Again, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks and Dexonation, you if you'd like more information about Dan, please visit his website spookstalker.com. That's www.spookstalker.com. Let me get this right. spookstalker.com. This is the X-Zone, and don't forget, Exonation. not only is it Halloween month here, but we're in the middle of a pandemic. Please follow the instructions of your local health officials. They're trying their very best to keep everyone safe, everyone sound, so that we can return to the new life that we're all going to have on the other side of this pandemic. Dan Terry is my guest. His website is spookstalker.com, and we'll both be back as we wrap up this hour here in the X Zone on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
1: Just close my eyes again, climbed aboard the dream we the check
0: Welcome back, everyone. Dan Terry is my special guest this hour. His website is spookstalker.com. And, Dan, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a great pleasure having you on.
3: Oh, it's been great.
0: And we'll have to have you back on to talk more about the the endless stories that you have. And I'd like to have you back on so that we can talk about your books as well.
3: Sounds great. You and I were
0: talking during the last uh, break uh, about a serial killer that you were following.
3: Her name was Bertha Gifford. Mm-hmm. And she's the first known female serial killer in Missouri. And as it happened, I had recently attended a lecture by a local historian mm-hmm. on her. So I had a lot of the information. When a guy named Steve Lachance, do you know him? I sure do. Steve called uh, another friend of ours about he was getting a, uh investigation in a place called Morse Mill, Missouri. Mm-hmm that was an old hotel. And so allegedly Jesse James had been there and some gangsters had been there and on and on. And they got me into a three-way conversation on the phone. And I said, you know, I am 80%, 90% sure this is Bertha Gifford's place. Well, it went silent because if I say 90%, then it's probably real. I don't, judge very easily. I, I think about things before I say them.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It turns out that was the place. So we ghost hunted that, and uh, I contacted a spirit who claimed to be Bertha. There are some very strong spirits in that place, I guess due to the limestone and running water, but uh, that was crazy. Uh, I, a piece of metal rebar was bent when we walked out of one room and walked right back in. Very powerful spirit. After dealing with her there, and in fact, uh, one investigator got scratches across the back of her neck when she was trying to talk to a child spirit. Bertha had killed several children. The ages of her victims, and they know for sure 17, and they think it may be up to 30. Oh, God. And the ages ranged from 18 months to 72 years. Killed him with arsenic. And uh, so this gal said there was a child spirit there, which we found out Bertha had killed children. And when she bent over to talk to the child, she got four scratches right across the back of her neck. Later, I investigated the county jail where she was held for her trial for murder. And I ran into her there, too. And she actually admitted, by way of the Rods, that she had uh, scratched that investigator and she killed her first husband. Her first husband's name was Henry died of a mysterious stomach ailment right after she got a new boyfriend. And uh, when I asked her about killing children, Mm -hmm. the voice box I was using, the Frank's box said Henry, which was the name of her husband. So I followed her through two different places and it was we was in the room it was now a lawyer's law room full of books but at one time it had been the female jail cells and she used to scream out foul language at the people outside and she wouldn't eat because she was afraid someone would poison her but she was a strong spirit, and I'd like to find her again. I wanted to get into a house. One of the houses she lived in is still standing, but uh, the owners won't let me in yet.
0: Speaking about that, Chief, there, there are a number of paranormal locations that are now charging groups and investigators to go in and, and do investigations. What is, your, what is your feeling about that? I'll tell you mine up front. I, th- I think
3: it's really shoddy well i see your point and i i would agree with it except how else can they make money so well, i kind of give it a it's okay uh i i've almost never had to pay to go into places mm-hmm. but to be honest with you my badge has gotten me into a lot of places sure people trust me so uh i don't know i i, I kind of understand it as they're trying to make money and preserve it yeah. there was um P- elder morse mill is a perfect example after we did it, he started charging groups to get in there and has rebuilt it now in from a a shack that was about to fall apart into a very nice bed and breakfast and event center.
0: But but doesn't that take away from the authenticity of, of the location?
3: As long as you're not uh faking evidence mm-hmm. or creating it. You remember uh, that place in California that has the image of a woman that appears in a mirror in the bathroom and it's all faked. No, if you're not faking it, then Hey, sometimes you get something. Sometimes you don't. Yeah. You know, what really gets my
0: crosser is that up here in Niagara, we have old Fort George, the, uh, the, where we live and where we have our studios and offices are part of the greater Niagara peninsula. And right, right. Looking out of my living room at home, Right across from Fort Erie, you know, we look at the city of Buffalo. But during the War of 1812, there was a lot of fighting between, you know, this side of the river and that side. And Uh on this side of the river in Niagara-on-the-Lake, you have Fort George. Now, I've been on numerous tours in Fort George with different, uh, different productions. And people are taken through... Of course, the tour guides are excellent historians. They're great storytellers, and people start hearing the spirits, or the violin music, or seeing lights that are based on what the tour opera, the tour guide is talking about. But they don't tell the people who are on the tour that that is not the actual location where Fort George was. Now, I'm trying to understand, okay, if this has been rebuilt and Fort George was five hundred feet to uh further west than it is right now, how can this be haunted if it's not part of the psychological implant that the tour guide is giving
3: the only The only monic thing I have ever worked. Mm-hmm came from next door when they tore the house down hmm. the, the spirit moved into this house. Oh boy. And we fought it. The family was a little different that what they were doing was keeping it going. And after we finally drove it out
1: mm-hmm.
3: and I say, we is in the group that I called to help me. Cause I'm not uh, demons is beyond me. But uh, once they drove it out, These people had to come back in because they had a psychic come in who said, there's a little boy outside. Come on in, sweetheart. And it started all over. That time they had to get a priest to bring it out.
0: What does it take to be a good paranormal investigator?
3: An open mind, but not so open that your brains fall out. Mm. got to be willing to believe, but also willing to look around and see. What else it could be? I thought I had something on tape once till I realized a squad car had a, another car stopped, and what I was getting was a reflection off a stainless steel surface of his lights as he yeah. pulled out. just it was a red flash just for a little bit. you got to be able to look before you claim it's paranormal. But once again, but once explanation, there you go.:
0: But once again, chief, that you know your police training comes in there. Yes. I, I can hear it and I appreciate it. But there are a lot of groups out there who don't use the common sense approach that you use because of your training. And I've seen many photos that are claimed to be paranormal phenomena, which are later proven to be uh, to be nothing else but a reflection of light or what have you. So mm-hmm. when somebody is out there and they are being troubled by a spirit or the possibility of paranormal experiences in their own home, what should they look for in a group when they start to look around to get somebody to come into their house and help them with this problem?
3: Well, what I've discovered, and the first thing I tell people is, if they charge you, get away from them. Mm -hmm. Most of the really good reputable groups will not charge. They do it for fun, They do it because this is our calling. This is what we like to do. And other than that, if they're acting squirrely, uh, if they're doing strange things, if they're pulling out Ouija boards and voodoo dolls, I kind of look for something a little more scientific than that.
0: Why hasn't the scientific community, in your opinion, jumped into the, the investigation of the paranormal with both feet?
3: Well, it's starting, but I I suspect they've just been trained their entire professional lives that there is no afterlife, this Mm. is it, everything is science-based. I mean, you know, how long was it that people said nobody will ever fly or you can't get to Europe in less than three months? True. So it's just something we've got to get to that one line, and then it will happen.
0: In your opinion... Are all aspects of the paranormal connected in some way?
3: You know, I know the Fortians believe that, mm-hmm. and I, I'm i not sure. I don't see how the UFO stuff, the Sasquatch stuff, and the ghosts could be related. But it does seem that when there's one, there's more. When there's one phenomenon, there's more phenomena around it. So I'm still trying to piece that together, but that's one I'm actively trying to figure out.
0: You know, coming back into this segment, I I played the song Dreamweaver. And do dreams play a part when it comes to apparitions or contact with the other side?
3: I believe that family members or somebody can mm-hmm. use dreams to make contact with you. But I, I think that's pretty rare and probably... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that's a normal part of the paranormal experience.
0: We have about a minute left, sir. What was what, what would be your final thoughts that you'd like to share with the Exxon Nation tonight?
3: I am really, and, and I'm going to offend some people here, so sorry, I am really hating the idea that all Ouija boards are evil. Mm-hmm. I believe a Ouija board is no different than the rods I use or the pendulums. It's how you use it and how you shut it down that makes the difference. And I really wish people would get over the idea that these things are automatically evil. Uh, I just saw where some little town, I think in Europe, uh, outlawed them because they're a gateway for Satan. No, no, they're just a cardboard thing with the alphabet on it. it. I hate to see anyone bring fear into this before they even check it out themselves.
0: Makes a lot of sense. Chief, I want to thank you so much for joining us, and um, let our listeners know how they can find out more about you and where they can buy your books.
3: Well, most of my books are on Amazon. Some of them are on eBooks, mm-hmm. um, and also uh, Barnes & Noble the, for the Nook. And, of course, uh, you can reach read more about my adventures on uh, spookstalker.com.
0: Dan, I want to thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. We'll have you back on in the very near future. So from our home to yours and the Exonation Nation to you, thank you so much for being on the show, and, and be safe out there, sir. we
3: Will do, it, and thank you. I appreciate your time and letting me talk.
0: My great pleasure. Exonation, Nation, our guest this hour, has been Dan Terry. And if you'd like to find out more about Dan, about his books, and his adventures, as he said, visit his website at spookstalker.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our studios and corporate offices in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, xzone at X-Zone Radio TV.com on all social media sites, X-Zone Radio TV. And don't forget, xzbn.net and the X-Zone TV channel is exclusive on TV. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. And happy Halloween, everyone.